Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions you want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirija Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For today's episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our CareerView website who are interested in a career path as an actor. Joining me today is 28-year-old actor Samuel Scoothorpe, who completed a Bachelor of Musical Theatre from the very prestigious Griffith University. Now, acting has always been a passion for Sam, and he's performed some of the most acclaimed musicals across Australia. He has a lot to share about this industry, so let's hear from him. have a bit of fun cool fantastic all right take it away we're here with sam and it started sam great great to have you how's everything going yeah things are going wonderfully um i'm very well thank you how are you i'm good Good. i'm good no one asks me how i am typically so i appreciate that no it's good to have you and um being an actor based in melbourne uh, i'm sure you've got a lot of interesting stories and perspectives (laughs) to share with us uh on our on our episode today um before we jump into our top questions that are asked by students, Sam, um, mm-hmm. first thing that I would love to ask you is um, why did you pursue this pathway? Was this something that you were always passionate about or was there some other kind of backstory that we don't know about <laughs> as to why acting was the right pathway for you? Um, it's, a, it's a good question and I ask myself this question every day. Why do I do this? Um, I just I think the answer is pretty simple for me in that I just can't imagine myself doing anything else. And, you know, if that's kind of where you are at with it, if you're asking yourself, should I pursue acting? I think like if you can't imagine yourself doing anything else, then you have to do it. Um, Yeah, I had other ideas or, you know, pathways that I could have taken, but I just thought, I have to do it. I have to try at least. Was there anything else you, you considered doing? And, and what point did you realise you couldn't do anything else? Acting was just the right thing for you? Yeah. I um, When I was at school, I had a couple of options that ran through my head. I wanted to be a diplomat. I wanted to pursue politics, um, which is still something that I'm like, I'm definitely interested in politics and diplomacy work. Um, but yeah, I just, I thought acting was always the main one. Um, And then I went through a stage of thinking about doing interior design and decoration um, because I love, you know, cultivating and making beautiful spaces. Um, And then, but acting was still number one. So I had, you know, should I go study politics and law or should I go do interior design and decoration? And then, no, it always just came back to pursuing performing. Um, That was always number one. Fantastic. No, great to know, Sam. Um, jumping into our first question that we have for you, asked by students who are interested in pursuing the pathway of acting, Sam. First question is, how did you learn about acting? What was the process for you um, finishing school? What, did, what pathway did you take to really learn all the different skills that are required for the role? Yeah, I guess um, learning about acting and learning acting, it started for me when I was quite young. I, I went to a quirky Montessori primary school where acting and performing was part of the curriculum. 
Um, so it was just something that I always did. And I just thought everyone else did it as well. Yeah. So when I went to high school and realised <laughs> people didn't like doing this stuff, I was like, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you're all weird. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was just something I did. Mm. And, I, you know, people said that I was good at it. Um, no. That's <laughs> no, not, they, they must have, right? No. Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, when I was little, people said, you know, he's obviously got a passion for this. Mm. Um, and I think my dad definitely tried to steer me in towards sports okay. because he, you know, really loved cricket and other sports. But, yeah, it was my mum and, and my dad. They were both, both very supportive. Mm. Um, you know, they said he likes singing. Let's get him singing lessons. He likes music. Um, they gave me a trumpet. Which that the trumpet left after a couple of years, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, it was always music and performing and acting for me. That was, uh, you know, the main interest and hobby and outside of school um, extracurricular activity that I always wanted to do. Mm. So then when I did graduate, um, I auditioned for the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts, WAPA, um, okay. growing up in Perth. Mm. And I was really fortunate. I was accepted into the Bachelor of Classical Voice. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was an amazing year. I only lasted a year in that particular program. Um, and I'm so grateful for my experience there. Right. Um, but I think doing that that year, it made me realise that that's classical voice and classical singing wasn't where my heart you know, lied. I wanted to pursue more acting and musical theatre specifically. And, you know, there were other courses and career paths um, that were better suited for me to pursue that. So I then went and did uh, the certificate two at WAPA Mm. in musical theatre. And I also did a certificate four at a private institution in Perth. And then after I did that, you know, there's there's limited numbers of bachelor degrees within mm. Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when I auditioned, there was NIDA, there was WAPA, VCA, uh, Ballarat, which is now called Federation University, mm. and there was Griffith, the Queensland Conservatorium. And I auditioned for all of them. Right. And I was offered places in two of them and that's when I decided I moved to Brisbane to go to the Queensland Conservatorium of Music and did my bachelor degree in musical theatre. So, yeah, that was just my experience of how I learnt about acting and, you know, learnt the skills. Um, But it is truly, you know, you never stop learning. Um, You learn on the job, you learn you know, while you're working, it's, yeah, you're always learning about acting. Great to know, Sam. And so uh, my, my question is, you know, after graduating, you went through a different a number of different institutions and mm. you did a number of different courses. How long was that whole process? How many years <laughs> was that quite, did that happen quite quickly or did that happen over some time? It's too many years. No, I, um, I think all in all, it was five years of continuous study. So that first year in classical... Then that second year while I was still in Perth doing my certificates and then three years of my bachelor degree. So five years in total. Um, But yeah, I guess, you know, that was the five years of education at a university level. But, you know, all of the years preparing for that, Mm. um, you know, since I was a kid, you know, going to singing lessons, going to acting classes, going to dance lessons, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just that was once again my personal experience with pursuing this career. You know, some people come into it with no experience. Some people don't have university degrees. Some people have done short courses. Some people 
um, are just naturally gifted, I suppose. Um, so there's no right or wrong way to pursue this particular career path. Mm. Great advice. Great advice. And I appreciate that to hear that from yourself, Sam. Mm. Next question that we have for you is, as an actor, how do you find work in the industry? Yeah, good question. So for me, I'm really fortunate. I have an agent that represents me. And so producers and production companies will create a brief for a project or a show or, you know, a television commercial or a movie, whatever that may be. And they will then send that brief to all of the agents in Australia. And then those agents, it depends how they, you know, operate their agency. They'll either send the brief to all of their clients or they might send it to particular clients that they think are suited for that project. Or you might not even see the brief and you'll just get an email one day saying you've got an audition tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, it just depends how that particular agency that you're represented by operates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get to see the briefs and then I have an open dialogue with my agent and I say, you know, I like to be submit for this role. And they say, yep, no worries or no, we don't agree with that we think you'd be better suited to this and here's why and yeah we're always very respectful um in those conversations and then you submit to get an audition Mm. and then the casting director or the company um you know they'll look at your cv or if you have a showreel um which is a video um of filmed your skills i guess yeah you know it might be acting dancing or singing depending on, you know, what discipline of performing arts you're pursuing. And then they will invite you to come audition. Mm -hmm. And then the audition process begins, which is, it can be long, it can be arduous. um, But yeah, you normally go in for a first round audition. Once again, depending on the type of project, they're all very, very different um, styles of auditions. Um, but you know, for my experience, which I work predominantly in the musical theater industry, you go in, you might be singing first. Mm. Um, so you either sing a song that you've chosen or they might send material for you to learn prior to coming into the audition. Um, and then, you know, that might happen. You might get invited back for many, many rounds of auditions and it yeah. could go over many, many months. Months, right. Um, and, yeah, and then you find out you either are successful or you're not. Um, but, yeah, that's how a musical theatre audition works for television and um, other, you know, disciplines. It's a shorter process. Right. It can be more based on what the client needs mm. looks wise. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's different. Um, but so I get my work through my agent, but once again, that's not the only way to get employment within this industry. Um, I'm really fortunate, you know, you can, it might be who, you know, mm. it might be industry connections. Um, there are other organizations that post, audition briefs publicly. So if you're not represented by an agent, you can still access those and you can submit to get an audition. Um, There's Facebook groups where people post uh, audition briefs. So Mm. yeah, there's no one way to get acting work. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, No, that's good to know. And I guess coming back to yourself, Sam, um, Mm. you you have an agent, right? And um, I can only assume that there is 
plenty of different agents or agencies to choose from. Mm. Um, just curious to know from your perspective, what was the decision-making process in terms of selecting an agent? Um, yeah, choosing an agent is an interesting process. So for context, at the end of my bachelor degree, we perform a showcase where we travel to, uh, because my course was based out of Brisbane, we traveled to Sydney and Melbourne and we performed, um, you know, material and they invite all of the agents to come and view that showcase. And then from that, you get agent offers, agents that are interested in representing you or just having a meeting, having a chat. They want to get to know a little bit more about you. And then from that, you know, you can choose which agent to be represented by. It's it's an interesting decision-making process. And I think something that I've learnt is, you know, if you go with a particular agent and later down the track you realise that, you know, perhaps it wasn't the right decision for you or there's someone better suited, you can always change agents. Um And for me, I guess the main thing for me is I wanted an agent that was enthusiastic about representing me because I'm enthusiastic about pursuing this career. Absolutely. Um, You know, I want someone to go in to, you know, bat hard for me and to really know who I am as a performer, um, know all of my skills, so then they can confidently have those conversations with casting directors and companies saying, you know, this is Sam and this is what they do and they do this amazingly. Uh, you know, hopefully <laughs> they're saying that. Um, and uh, yeah, being able to, you know, put you forward mm-hmm. with confidence. Right. Um, that, that was the main criteria. I wanted someone that was passionate about representing me. Great. Great to know. Mm. Um, jumping onto our next question that we have for you, Sam, mm. is, and this was quite a popular question actually, <laughs> and really keen to get your perspective on this, but how competitive is the industry. <laughs> and if you don't mind sharing some really interesting stories, if you can, on maybe explaining how competitive it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, the performing arts industry um, and acting work is incredibly competitive. Um, it is, sometimes it can feel a little dog eat dog or it can feel like a bit of a bloodbath. Um, but I guess for me, whenever it does kind of feel that way, it feels quite competitive. I always return to kind of like, why do I want to do this? Mm. Um, And that really anchors how I feel about, you know, continuing to pursue this career. Um, Yeah, goodness. Any interesting tales? You know, yeah, you just, you see those same people at auditions and they become your friends. And I guess for me, I've always wanted to operate from, um, you know, a perspective and a place of mutual respect Mm. and, you know, celebration. Um, it can be a competitive industry, but you know, when your friends get jobs that you know you were also gunning, gunning for, for yeah. it's important to celebrate them right. and to you know uplift them because you know you hope in those moments when you're successful that they also celebrate and uplift you. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's a competitive industry, and that's a particular aspect of it that I don't enjoy as much. Mm. Um, you can get really swept up in the competition side of things. Uh, but, yeah, I try not to. And, you know, when we talk about competitiveness, I mean, we talk about the competition mm. where you're at. You're based in Melbourne, mm. uh, east coast of Australia, and I can. And there's a lot of, lot of work and a lot of opportunities here. Do you have any understanding of, you know, maybe abroad, what the competition's like there? Do you have any perspective on that? Because I know you've travelled around as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so growing up in Perth, it was, it was interesting. I always knew that to pursue this particular career path... I, I felt like I couldn't do it out of Perth. 
um, which isn't necessarily true. You know, there are plenty of amazing actors that are based out of Perth and Western Australia, and particularly during the COVID times, um, you know, a lot of the industry pivoted to moving to Western Australia. Um, a lot of film and TV work was happening out of WA because of, you know, there are no restrictions. Um, I, I always felt like I had to move to the east coast of Australia right. to pursue this. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, I, I am grateful that I made that decision. There are a lot of opportunities here in Melbourne, also in Sydney, and there's definitely growing opportunities in Brisbane as well. Um, you know, that city is also really rising and up and coming um, and opening up to other opportunities as well. But yeah, at the time when I started to pursue it, I felt like I had to leave Perth and move to the East Coast because that's where the majority of the opportunities, you know, lay. I think that's very important for our, you know, listeners out there to understand, you know, where you're located, you know, where, what does the industry look like and what are the opportunities there? And sometimes where you're at may not fully provide that level of opportunities based on your role, based on your interest. Interesting to hear that you were very clear that you needed to go to the East Coast to find those opportunities. Mm. Um, jumping into our next question, Sam, that we have for you <laughs> is how do you stand out? Or how do you differentiate from other actors? <laughs> a, a great question. Um, I guess, you know, there's many answers to this, but I think the most important uh, answer for me, how do I stand out and differentiate myself? It can be difficult, but once again, you just really need to know who you are as a performer and have really realistic expectations surrounding that. Um, I know who I am, I know what I look like, I know my skills in all of the different kind of facets of performing arts and I think it's that kind of self-knowledge that helps me stand out or not, yeah, perhaps not differentiate myself but I know realistically what I can and cannot do. Mm, okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the most truthful answer just knowing who you are yeah. as yourself and if we have to be a little bit more specific as well with yourself i mm. mean you have a, a particular look that yeah. might be having specific roles and opportunities for that is that something that you probably emphasize on yeah i guess like once again that kind of relates back to the knowing who you are you know i'm a six foot red haired slim uh, person and so knowing that I'm not going to be going in for the same roles as Chris Hemsworth and Hugh Jackman not that I ever would um, <laughs> but you know knowing that realistically that's probably not going to happen yeah. but I'm going to go in for roles that are suited towards me um, and knowing you know I have studied extensively in, in singing so I, mm. I, I think of myself as a strong singer um, and knowing that that's part of my package, knowing that I'm a singer-actor who mm. can move well. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, knowing also, yeah, your physical appearance does lead into it uh, to some degree, but also there are greater conversations happening in the performing arts industry to kind of break down that stigma, that kind of anyone that looks any way can be anything mm. or anyone. And I think that is, that's true, mm. 100%. And yeah, I think that's important. Great, great advice, Sam. No, really great to know. Um, jumping into our next question that we have for you mm. is, did you have a backup plan? Yeah, um, I kind of touched on that a little earlier, but I guess, yeah, I still do. Um, I think there's this really kind of old school belief 
that if you have a backup plan, you'll fall back on it. And I think that is, yeah, that's not true. Uh, if anyone ever tells you that, if you're pursuing the performing arts career, yeah, run. Um, because at the end of the day, bills need to be paid. Yeah. Um, you know, food needs to be bought and consumed. Mm. And so I think having a backup plan or I call it a supplementary career path mm. is incredibly important. Right. For me, when I first graduated from university, I was working in retail and hospitality for many years because the truth of it is, you know, when you're in your early performing arts career, the likelihood is you're not going to be performing to make your main source of income. Right. Um, you know, it's a slow burn. Mm. And so having that supplementary career path is incredibly important. And if it's something that, you are passionate about and that fills your cup mm. um, and makes you feel good. That's amazing. And that took me a couple of years to find. Um, now I work when I'm not working as a performing arts uh, practitioner, I work in the yoga industry mm-hmm. because, you know, I've always had a passionate f- a passion for my yoga practice and doing that besides the physical and mental health benefits, um, you know, I feel like I show up better when I come in into an audition room. I, I'm more grounded. I know who I am. I'm less nervous. So yeah, I don't think there's any shame or anything wrong with having a backup plan Plan, because you need to be realistic about this career. Yeah. No. And this is a really interesting point because we, you know, we get a lot of uh, questions from students where it, the impression is that one career, one role or one job should satisfy all your financial, mm. um, you know, obligations, which is not always the case. No. And it's okay to have multiple different jobs and roles in terms of what you want to do to support anything that you might be even more passionate about. Absolutely. And I think you've touched upon that. There is nothing wrong with that in, by any means because, you know, bills need to be paid. And as you've mentioned the the industry is very competitive Mm. and the likelihood of you making this a full-time income is is very difficult to say the least yeah absolutely particularly in those early stages when you've graduated some people are incredibly blessed and fortunate Mm. and they graduate and they walk into leading role opportunities in main stage musicals or they get booked to be in, you know, home and away or whatever that might be. Right. Um, And that's incredible. But that happens to very few people. Mm. And so I, when I started pursuing this and the conversations that I had with my family and, you know, guidance counsellors and career counsellors at school, everyone said, oh, you know, the rate of unemployment is so high. Mm. You know, do you really want to pursue this? And I guess that also hones back to, me feeling like there's nothing else I can do. I had to do it. I had to try. Um, But yeah, once again, having that kind of supplementary career path that does pay those bills, it's, it's incredibly important. Um, Yeah. Fantastic to hear. And very humbling to hear from yourself as well, Sam. Um, Next question that we have for you uh, asked by students is, Mm -hmm. is there anything that shocked you? Once you started working, you know, once you completed all your studies and you completed all your courses, what really took you away, if anything? It's a good question. Um, nothing shocks me. No, <laughs> I, I, I think the one thing, it didn't necessarily shock me, but I, 
I was enlightened to discover I had always believed that to, you know, be a working actor, you had to go to university and you had to study a bachelor degree in acting or musical theatre or performance making, whatever that may be. And then from that, you know, you get an agent and then you work, then you book gigs and you do work. Mm. Um, Something that I was surprised but also really delighted to find out when I started working was that's not the truth. Like Mm. you are working with people that haven't gone to university that have no qualifications in the sense that, you know, they don't have a bachelor degree. They don't have any certificates or diplomas and they're just as talented and just as deserving to be there with you on the stage or behind the camera, wherever that might be. Um, You know, I think there was this idea that you had to do this one particular career path and wait there was one way to do it and yeah when I started performing and I realized no that's not the case Samuel yeah um yeah that was really it was cool Mm. I was like wow I spent five years at uni when (laughs) people have done no years at uni and that's amazing Amazing. and they're so talented um yeah so I think there's not one way to Mm. do this that's very comforting, I think, mm. for many people listening out there, especially in that year 10, 11, 12, and even just that age group between, you know, 17 to 20. If you're considering pursuing a career in the acting industry, well, there's so many different options and ways to get there. And yes. I think that is really nice to hear that you did five years, but no, just there's other people who can also just find themselves at the same kind of road of where you are at and auditioning for the same roles and are just as deserving as well. Um, d- does that kind of eat at you at some point that you did spend that time or was there some advantages of studying in, in a structured manner like that? Uh, like, it's a good question. Does it eat at me? No, because at the end of the day, these people... Um, they're amazing. They have industry level skills and qualifications and standards. So if people were, you know, booking jobs and getting opportunities and, you know, were undeserving. Yeah, perhaps that may, may eat at me, yeah. but that's not the case. No. Um, and I think that's the other thing, you know, you might graduate from school and you might already have industry standard uh, skills. You know, you may have been already pursuing performing arts, you may be doing singing lessons or going to acting classes or dance classes, whatever that might be. Um, And when you graduate high school, you might be ready for the industry. Uh, So it it doesn't eat at me or, you know, I'm not, I don't feel bitter about the fact that I, (laughs) that I spent five years studying. I'm so glad I did because I learned the things that perhaps those people already knew before they, you know, it chose to or chose not to uh, do formal qualifications or education. Well understood, Sam. Yeah. Um, Jumping into our next question that we have for you, um, and you've already kind of answered this already, um, but interested to hear your response again, but can you financially support yourself and or your family through acting? And I, I, I mean, you, you have a supplementary job in terms of supporting all your finances, but mm. any perspective of as a full-time role, can this support your requirements and in, in what you want to do in terms of your lifestyle? Yeah, I, I guess the answer is yes, but also no. Um, you can financially support yourself and or your family through acting. Uh, it just really depends on the style of contract and the style of work that you're doing. You know, if you're working in a long-running main stage musical, then you will be earning 
enough money to support yourself and potentially your family through that type of work. Um, you know, if you're working on a short contract, contracts can go for a couple of hours, you know, depending on the style of work, mm. television commercials, um, you know, film work, whatever it might be. So it's, it's a hard question to answer because the different jobs that you will encounter and undertake in this career will pay differently and they will also have different durations. Um, so yeah, anytime that I have been in kind of full-time performing arts, acting employment, I have been able to support myself. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. But, you know, times where it hasn't been a full-time kind of mm. uh, work, then having that supplementary career path is incredibly important. And yeah, it definitely helps. Coming back to the contracts, right? So you mm. can have short, you can have long contracts. Mm. Just for some uh, listeners to get a bit of a perspective of what that may look like in terms of pay, um, mm. what, 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 is, what does that look like for you? And maybe not giving specifics, but just a range <laughs> for us to understand, you know, and um, h- how does that look like in terms of in the acting world? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I guess... It's, it's also a detailed answer in that depending on the level of the show mm. or, you know, I'm speaking from my musical theatre perspective um, and also the duration of the contract, it can, it can range. It can be very different. Um, you know, there's different levels of, uh, what's the correct term? I guess contract or style of employment. You know, there's profit share employment. Um, which you might not see any money until that show has finished and then they divide all of the profits that they've made amongst all of the creatives and the performers. Um, You can be paid a lump sum as you start a particular contract and then that's your agreed fee for that particular role or Mm. job. Um, And then you could have a weekly salary. Um, Yeah, it just, it really depends on the style of the contract the style of work as well. And yeah, it can it can be not a great deal. Right. And then it can also be enough to support yourself. To support yourself, yeah. yeah. And it varies a lot based on the project, right? Yeah. And the nature of the project as well. Mm. Um, but good to know. Good to know. There's so many different options that I wasn't even aware about as well. Yeah. Um, but um, no, great for our listeners to know. Next question that we have for you, Sam, is... Very, a very popular question actually, but Mm. was what sacrifices did you need to make to pursue this career? And I think with every role and every job, there is some element of sacrifice that needs to be put in in, and work. But for yourself, you know, what was really the major ones for for you pursuing this role? For me, you know, a huge sacrifice I made was moving across the country at the age of 19, leaving my family and all of my support networks to go study my bachelor degree because there aren't a great deal of performing arts educational institutions within Australia. Um, I was limited to where I could apply and then also because it's a selective um, and competitive process to be chosen to uh, enter those degrees. I chose to move to Brisbane and to do that. So I left my family and I left all of my friends and that was quite scary. You know, I remember that first night unpacking my, my Ikea bed and like looking around the room and being like, okay, this This is is, real. This is real. And I'm 19 and I'm living in Brisbane and I don't know anyone. anyone. Um, So yeah, that was scary and a huge sacrifice. Um, you'll make many sacrifices pursuing this particular career path. I remember one of my earliest ones that I made 
um, without going into specific details, mm. I was offered a contract and it was a show that I really, yeah, I really wanted to do it. Right. It was a short kind of a couple of months doing this kind of touring show and it was an amazing company to work for and the whole audition process had been so delightful. And so I was really excited when I was successful. And then I looked at the dates of the contract and I realised my sister's wedding fell smack bang in the middle of some of those dates. And I asked my agent to have this conversation, you know, Mm. could I particularly, could I uh, miss that particular performance? You know, we have understudies and swings that can step into roles when performers are unable to for various reasons. And I said, you know, could that be negotiated into this contract um, that I'm about to sign that for that date, I'm unavailable. It's my sister's wedding. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately we weren't able to negotiate that. And I had to make the decision uh, between accepting that and going to that wedding and I chose to go to the wedding. Um, You know, I have one sister and hopefully she gets married once. Um, (laughs) No pressure. And so, yeah, I, that was a huge sacrifice, but I, I, obviously I stand by that decision. It was so important, but you know, that's just one example. You know, you'll make financial sacrifices. Mm. You'll miss out on opportunities you know, you'll miss out on weddings, you'll miss out on births, you'll miss out on um, all sorts of different things. But then I guess the other plus to that is like, it is an incredibly rewarding career. Mm. Um, I love what I do. I love storytelling. I love performing. I love singing. And so even though you do make these sacrifices, which can be difficult in those moments to make, uh, it all definitely does get balanced by the rewarding aspect of that career. Absolutely. And balance, right? I think that's the key word. It does level out. And at first it might seem terrifying, as you mentioned, at 19, mm. making that move. Yeah. But knowing that that's an important move that you needed to make, uh, that that's a great, I think some really great advice for people who are listening out there is that in this role, you can't play it safe. No. You, you need to go for it. Yeah. You, you can't have one foot in and, and kind of have the other foot out. It has to be all or nothing. And you clearly did that and made some pretty major sacrifices along the way. Yeah. I guess, like, if you, once again, it kind of hones back to that idea that if there's anything else that you would really love to do and you can see yourself doing, perhaps do that. But if there's nothing else that you want to do and, you know, it has to be acting and it has to be performing, then go for it. Like, don't let anything or anyone stop you pursuing that. Um, And, yeah, there will be hard times and there'll be tough times um, and you'll make sacrifices, but it is incredibly rewarding. And then also the family and the community that you make in this particular industry, it's incredible. Um, Yeah, it's there's just no other industry quite like it. And it's hard to explain because... Yeah, people that aren't involved in it, they look at it and they're like, that sounds crazy. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, it is. It really is crazy, but I love it. You love it. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. Sam, last question that we have for you Mm -hmm. is, is this a career you can do for a long time? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) Otherwise, I've just made some terrible life decisions. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Is this a career you can do for a long time? Yes, but something that I've always said to uh, my my family and, you know, people that I've had conversations with is this is a career you can do for a long time. I want to have a long career. I want to have a fruitful and joyous career 
and it's it's cross country. It's not a 50 meter sprint. So, you know, having that really realistic idea of what this career looks like, um, you know, there'll be times of unemployment, there'll be times of hardship, there'll be times where you'll really question, you know, was this the right decision? And, you know, as long as you're okay knowing all of that, as you embark on this journey to pursue that, then absolutely go for it. And this is a career that you can do for a long time if you if you want to do it for a long time, I think that's another interesting conversation is that, you know, you can always step away from it. There's no one forcing you Mm. to do it. Um, But yeah, as long as, you know, you're realistic about that and, you know, your career will evolve things that you can do when you're a fresh graduate at, you know, 2021, you're not going to be able to do those same things when you're 40, 45. Um, So your career will evolve And I think, you know, having that kind of set up to develop and evolve your career is incredibly important. It's amazing when you talk about it, Sam, about having a very long career. And I just realised, I mean, it's clear from this this session and this episode and, and speaking to yourself, acting is part of your identity and <laughs> yeah. it's just everything about you and there's nothing else you would want to do. So, yeah, incredible to listen to. Sam, that wraps up all our questions that we have for you. Um, for our listeners who have uh, more questions for Sam that did not feature on our list today and would like to connect with him, just visit our website, careerview.com.au. This is where you'll find Sam's profile and you can send him some more questions <laughs> when you have some time and he will have some time maybe to answer. Yes, but send them through. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and with every episode, please don't forget to submit the questions that you want to know to young professionals who've been there, they've done that, and they can share their story. I just have one last thing before we end this episode. I just want to ask you, if you had to kind of go back uh, to high school or mm. even earlier on, was there anything you would do differently um, and to seeing where you are today? Once again, good question. And like, I guess the answer is no, because if I did anything differently, then I wouldn't be where I am today um, with, you know, who I am and the experiences under my belt. Um, So even knowing that you can make mistakes and that will kind of form who you are and your trajectory. um, No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm glad I did that one year of classical voice and then dropped out because I learned some amazing skills and then I'm glad I did my, you know, short courses in Perth. I'm stoked that I moved from Perth to Brisbane to, you know, do my degree because even just moving at that age, you know, you learn so much. So yeah, there's nothing that I would, I would do differently. 